You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 152 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and we've had a bit of a hiatus. We're about a month since our last episode, but that's because we've been trying to recover from our big MXU Live event in Atlanta. So welcome back. We're glad to be back. I'm here with my co-host, Daddy We're Worldwide back. himself, Jay Desai. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I, uh, I just returned from Cabo. Well, there's worse things. And I actually just returned from Italy. So oh, we've got just, a lot to talk about. So after MXU Live, my wife and I had the opportunity to go on our basically 25th anniversary trip. Um, we're, our, our anniversary was actually back in March, but we didn't take a trip then because of the Tomlin tour and other things that were pressing on the schedule. So we postponed until the fall. So we went the week after MXU Live to Italy. And it's the first time that Liz and I have done like a big vacation trip that was just the two of us that didn't involve being attached to work or a show. And I got to tell you, I don't know what took me so long. It was great. The first time that I've actually truly unplugged in quite a while. And it was, well, you know me, I just, all I want to do is I just book a gig somewhere and then just stay for an extra six weeks. Exactly. (laughs) That, That was your summer. Italy was, uh, is honestly is a very magical place. It really is. You know, I've been all over the world and, all over Europe, but I had never been to Italy. And so my wife has always wanted to go. And so we just decided, you know what, we're going to do it right. So we started in Venice and then went to Florence and then further South in Tuscany for a few nights. And then Amalfi coast and ended in Rome and flew home from there. And it was awesome. I love it so much. Yeah. I, every time I come back, I'm like, why did I, why did I come back? Um, do you follow cheap old houses on Instagram? I don't. There, there's a. Che- I'll send it to you. There's a cheap old houses EU, and it's literally like it'll be like ninety thousand dollars for an Italian villa. I'm like, what am I? What am I waiting on? Let Let me buy that sucker. Block out like two months of the year, and then Airbnb it the rest of the time. Well, it's funny. Some of our tour guides were saying that you know the housing market is so kind of jacked up for people who are young Italians wanting to buy a house because the market has gone crazy with people who've bought property that they're using for Airbnbs. So now in, in the big cities, especially they're like, there's so many Airbnbs that the prices have just gone through the roof. So maybe they need to follow cheaphouses.com and figure out how they can afford to live there. Yeah. I'm trying to be part of the problem. So <laughs> I, I totally get that dude, the food. Oh my gosh. I mean, you were sending me photos. There's so much, how do so they much make food? Like we like we try to go eat pasta here in the in the great United States of America. And we I'm never gonna eat. I'm never gonna eat American pasta again. Right. I mean, the only authentic place is Olive Garden. Let's get that clear. But uh, the, <laughs> we we load it with like all the sauce, all the meats. We like want more and more and more stuff in it. Like we want all the vegetables. Yeah. All the meat, all that stuff, and then uh, all the sauce. And but you go over there and they give you pasta with just a little oil. Just, just a little, a little sprinkling of the cheese. Simplest, in your simplest ingredients, and they're just perfect. So, I learned something recently uh, from an Italian chef that you and I have both both worked with uh, on some uh, events that we've done. Uh, 
Was it Mario? Yeah, Mario. Oh, he's a handful. Yeah, he's a handful. But he told me that um, there's a reason why it's so different. And you know, if he said it's called the it's called the FDA. Well, exactly. He said if you see anything in the in the grocery store that says "Made in Italy" or "Italian" or whatever, he said, "Don't trust it." The only thing you can trust is if it says "Product of Italy." Because that's their official nomenclature for exporting things that are truly made and sourced and from Italy. It has to say product of Italy. And the reason for that is because they have government regulations on things that are pretty tight. Because Italy is one of the few countries in the world that is still entirely non-GMO throughout their food production chain. So there's no genetically modified ingredients in any of the Italian food supply. And you can tell. It's like, oh, this is the way vegetables are supposed to taste. Yeah, they don't uh, have tomatoes the size of my head. Right. That's the reason caprese <laughs> salad over there is so good is because the tomatoes and the cheese and the oil and the vinegar and the basil, it's like five ingredients. But it's perfectly balanced and the flavor is amazing. So from the from the salads to the pasta to the meats to the pizza to everything we had it was just like oh my gosh this is so good everything is so good um the speaking of the fda so uh, first off it, i know we have a lot of basic people on that listen to our podcast so <laughs> i know y'all love going wherever you go and getting truffle fries truffle oil is a sub product of petroleum that's yeah. i think how they discovered that so do not eat that no, unless unless it's fresh truffle, uh, which the FDA doesn't always like for us to come in. But somehow they can they can um, stuff our chickens full of chemicals so we have the biggest chicken legs and breasts and stuff to cook out with. But they won't let like a natural uh, alpine tree sap amaro digestive come across the border. So I think the FDA is missing the mark. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think um, I think they are. Now, if if there's an FDA official who listens to our podcast, my apologies, but no, no come at me, bro. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think we're we're onto something here. I think, you know, the FDA is probably on some sort of um, secret plan to keep us all addicted to prescription drugs because that plan seems to be working pretty well so far. I'm a conspiracy theorist, so in my head, we're pigeons, and they're just feeding us seeds until we explode. So we're all going to explode one by one, and then that's the FDA's goal. Yeah, I think uh, I think you might be right, but I think we might need to leave this train of thought before we get ourselves in trouble. Because yeah, uh, we, I'll, say, we don't, I'll say too much. We don't want the federal lawyers coming after us. That's right. I don't want I don't want to be on somebody's watch list because you know how that feels already. Yeah, seriously, not enjoyable. Um, I was in Cabo with our friend Rusty. Yeah. Which was awesome. We we were serving a ministry there called AIM that does some really really incredible stuff. And we had uh, our dear friend Philip Larue singing, and we had Mac Powell and his band out there. Man, it's it, a good uh, time right there. It did not suck to be in Cabo with some good friends, and we had a great time. But Rusty is one of just honestly one of my favorite people on earth. He's he's one of the best humans I know, truly. And his wife is amazing too. His kids are terrific. I mean. I mean, he's got golf pros on his hand. I know. He's, his kids are going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with because they're, you know, his oldest son, who's turning 10 this week, which is crazy, 
is quite the golfer and he's got one of his daughters into it too. So they're, they're going to be powerhouse. Um, but we need to rewind a little bit so that we can actually talk about MXU live because will you insert the rewind sound clip right here? <laughs> I will. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I was a little uneasy going into it because we were changing a lot of things about the format and the approach and the rundown of everything based on other years events. And so I was, you know, cautiously optimistic, but I got to tell you the response and the reaction that people had was so gratifying. I think it really, it, it met people where they are and it really spoke to people in a lot of ways. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the people who came because, you know, for those of you guys who weren't there, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about how to turn the knob and push the fader because we've done that in the past. And we feel like our, the MXU platform is a great resource for that kind of training. So we pivoted a little bit and really tried to focus in the main sessions on team and why and community and how to build a healthy squad around you. And we left the, the technical stuff to the deep dives, but the main sessions were really about hearing from people about the heart behind what we do. And I think it was awesome. Like I got, I got things from it that I know I needed and I feel like a lot of our attendees did too. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, let's break it down in, let's talk about the main sessions real quick. Okay. Uh, I, I will be happy to take all the credit for it, but what a great band. <laughs> the band was awesome. I mean, we had Pat Barrett leading us with Melody Malone and just their authenticity and personality shown through in every song, in every set. It was great. And then the band, you can talk about the back line for a minute because oh, they man. were H beasts. Brother, H Brother HB, who came out of House Fires and uh, uh, Grace Midtown in Atlanta and then was with Mav City. He just, his snare patterns were just amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, I just remember him doing some things on snare. I was like, oh, I thought he messed up, but then it was like his thing. He's killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a great guy to J.R. Collins on bass, who's Crowder's MD uh, of unhindered fame. Uh, just sweetheart. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm super close to him, but just help the band, keep the band glued together. Has become an incredible producer and rapper himself and, and yep. artist. So check out J.R. Collins. And my buddy Matt, Matt Gilder on keys, who is uh. Chris, Chris Tomlin's MD and has been a friend of mine for 15 years and is just one of the sweetest humans and most talented musicians, piano player, tracks developer, like amazing musician and amazing guy, amazing heart for the Lord. Yep. Justin Flanagan just played the B3, which yes, if you've got a real B3 player, he I put a Nord next to him just in case. I don't even think he turned it on. No, didn't even touch it. Yeah, it was great. And then you have Brian Carl, great guitar player from Passion. And then we had uh, Derek Mount. Uh, if y'all remember Family Force 5, Derek was Chapstick. Chapstick, yep. Uh, and he's just the kindest, best dresser, best dressed guitar player out there. Yeah, honestly, for a band that doesn't play together, they came together, rehearsed a little bit, and really owned it, and it was magical. So uh, they really did bring the energy, bring the fun. And, uh, it was great. 
Well, I said it during the event and for people who weren't there, it was just, it was amazing to see how the back line was leading worship. It wasn't just the singers leading worship. I looked up at one point and JR is holding down the bass with his left hand while he's got his right hand up in the air, just worshiping. And honestly, it's probably a little bit of the honeymoon period of just not all having been together. Everyone already knew each other, but the green room conversations were incredible. There was like some seriously incredible uh, care and hospitality and desire to know what's going on in each other's life and figure out what's next. There was some unreal uh, laughter, like deep belly laughter. Um, and it was, it was special. It was some good magic in there. Yeah, it really was. And it was, it was like old home week for me getting to reconnect with all those guys. And, uh, on Friday morning we had Christian Stanfield hop in for a session. And so he led an acoustic set with Pat and melody. That was just so special. A lot of our listeners may not know, but Christian has a solo record out right now. And it has a lot to do with his journey of just, uh, brain heart stuff. Yeah, and life getting convoluted and complicated, and us finding ways to deal with that, and things getting really hard. And he had a really incredible season where uh, he would say he got some counseling and really was able to release. And it was—it's a beautiful record with some really honest themes. And uh, so y'all should check out that. Pat dropped a new record, uh, so by the time this airs, everyone should see Pat Barrett's new record out. Mel's got a radio song um, out there. So anyways, just a lot of fun people, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, so for those of you who need to check out their music, Christian's new record is called Made It Out Alive. And it's just such a great title because it really is the story of his sort of struggle and the depth of his brokenness, really, and how he was able to come through that and be different on the other side, which is great. And what's Pat's record called? Shelter shelter it's awesome so go check out their music it's it's really good and you can find it wherever you find your music yeah well you know let's just be honest about that title sounds the best apple music is a close second spotify sounds like trash oh it does but that's what everybody has however spotify's got the best interface out there and their playlists yeah. are actually dope i'm a sucker and pay for both so um, there you go. do you pay for all three i don't have title because yeah. apple apple ended up bringing all the high res files in. So yeah. it works. And their high res files sound pretty good. Yeah. They sound pretty good on my, uh, you know, uh, $300 headphones. So it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I loved a lot of the nuggets from Jason on stage. There was a panel discussion that had a lot of great stuff. Yep. Um, and our good friend, Bob Goff was there on Friday morning and he, he just brought the thunder. He, he always does, but it's just so fun to hear from him because He'll be going down a path and then he'll take a hard left turn and say something that's hilarious and profound that makes you laugh and cry all at the same time. I just love it. I think it was magic to watch people. Obviously, I've had a front row seat to him the last few years, especially. But watching people in our sphere respond to some of his antics and uh, communication of just experiencing freedom because yep. he doesn't have a no. like, And yep. so he ha he only has a yes. And which is kind of awesome. And he's been able to break through some real barriers and his stories are absurd and they're all true. Yeah. So that's magic, but that was super awesome. Um, 
I and then loved, we had our and then we had our good friend Brett Yonker close us out. He was our uh, pastor. Brett Yonker, pastor Brett Yonker, was our keynote speaker for the last session, and I, I think it was such a great word because he he really used the scripture that talks about the calling of Nathaniel, and Nathaniel sitting under a tree, and Jesus says, "I see you, Nathaniel," and it just it was um, a great opportunity for people to realize that. In the middle of all that we have to do, in the middle of Sunday's coming, in the middle of Christmas prep, and all the stuff that we get kind of snowed under with, um, Jesus is here to say, I see you individually, personally, uh, and your calling and your purpose and who I want you to be. I see you. And I just thought that was such a great reminder to people, especially as they're coming into this season of busyness. And you know, for a lot of people, I think the event in, its, in itself was just a way to push pause on a lot of things and just breathe and connect and just realize that they're not alone. So I, I just, I thought it was awesome. Uh, also the shout outs for in the room, obviously Rusty was video directing and uh, Davis was back there on the lighting. Yep. I know that you mixed our friend, Stephen Bailey mixed and, uh, and then we were supported by a great crew of volunteers, some from out of town, but mainly from passion city Yep. So shout, shout out to the Passion City fam. Robbie, great shout out to Robbie who helped Dylan. Dylan for holding it all together as we were, you know, check out Dylan. He's Weekend Ready is the name of his company, but it's missing a few letters in the domain. So, you know, <laughs> just send him some money so he can finish out his URL. But uh, And yeah, big shout out to Passion City Church for hosting us so well. Their team is just awesome. And the the building is such a great canvas to be able to kind of come in and feel like we're we're able to be ourselves and make the room what it needs to be but their facility is just it's it's such a it feels like such a good place to be so again felt like home ray and brian over there really came through for us so that was awesome uh it was weird uh i don't host events in my own church you know that's just weird so it, i was wearing both hats it was it was uh at one point, I, I like uh, physically took off a hat to put on another hat, like yeah. not a real hat, but like to show someone that was <laughs> a little convoluted, but it worked. Uh, did I mention we have some job openings at Passion City? Well, we didn't during the event, but we should now. Um, yeah. There's there's uh, a couple of opportunities for production folks at Passion, so if you're interested, uh, you can reach out to Jay and he can point you in the right direction because yeah, come on with it. It is a great team, and they're doing a lot of really good things, and. Uh, Obviously, if you know Pastor Louie and what, you know, his legacy is in terms of communication and pointing people to Jesus and the passion movement in general, um, it's something that, you know, is really gratifying to be a part of. So if you're looking for a job, if you if you think you can fill one of those roles, then uh, I'm sure they'd love to talk to you. So reach out to Jay and we'll uh, get the conversation going. Yeah, just at me, you know, just at me and don't tag your current boss. um i really did enjoy one technical thing and i don't know um i you and i have both been in that room since day one yes and to hear the pa the original pa 13 years right i think yep yep uh of uh incredible dmb j rig uh get array processing with um, Ryan Lewis, one of the best SEs at the helm, was really so unique to hear 
a PA in a room that I've been listening to for 13 years come alive. Yeah. So you guys know that DMB is uh, an incredible partner of ours and our exclusive PA provider and partner for MXU, both here at HQ and for all of our live events. And so they didn't want to, and we didn't have time to take down the current rig and put up something newer. And so we decided to compromise. So we kept the J's where they are. Uh, there's basically uh, J's for the mains, and then the side fills are Y's. Um, but they brought in different subs and different amps so that we could have SL subs across the front and then enough amplifiers to do array processing on the J's. And so, like Jay said, Ryan Lewis came in and basically retuned the PA with that deployment. And I, I, it sounded like a different room. I mean, it was amazing. I agree 100%. So big thanks to DNB and to Ryan specifically. But Zach and Casey and all the guys at DNB are just so great to work with, and we appreciate their partnership so much. So um, that was awesome. Love it. Those guys were great. And I had good banter, you know. How oh, would yeah. you rate my hosting this year? Well, I would say as as Master of Ceremonies go, I think if I'm ever doing an event, having Jay on stage is just, it definitely takes everything up at least one notch, but I would say several levels. Y'all try to bring me down by giving me some co-hosts. Didn't no, work. they weren't co-hosts. They were... They were facilitators for different announcements and uh, giveaways, but they weren't, they could never take your place, Jay. That was, you know. I loved that, having Morgan and Rachel up there. They were both awesome. Yeah, they're both great. They were. But, they by the way, speaking of Rachel, Rachel is on the team at Summit Integrated, and we definitely have to give a shout out to Summit because they provided all the hospitality for the event. So all the snacks and the conversation areas and furniture setups in the, in the main gathering places so people could sit and have conversation and really network and get to know each other. Uh, Summit just crushed it as they always do with providing a place for people to feel like they're cared for, like they belong and that they're well taken care of. So Summit, thank you. Thank you for that. I just had dinner with Max and Nick and Rachel. Nice. Um, I was in Colorado mixing a band from San Diego called Telephone Friends. All Y'all right. Check them out. And uh, I stayed an extra day, and it was. I ate at a really incredible Italian restaurant that wasn't in Italy. Um, it was delicious. And then I went next door, and there was a place called Sunday Vinyl, and it nice. was a uh, vinyl listening restaurant. And I bet their record setups two two hundred grand. I don't know. Wow, it was intense. But they have a James Beard nomination. Uh, for I think wine list or something, but the place sounded immaculate. It That's was amazing. amazing. So That's so cool. I digress. And then finally, we also have to thank Amplio because they provided all of our food for lunch. So unlike other events where we've gone offsite for lunch and have to take a big break and come back, we decided people really want to connect onsite in person. So we kept everybody in the building for lunch and Amplio provided all the food for that. So Guys, thank you for your support in that because it really helped people feel like they were able to just kind of gather and continue conversations and stay connected as a team. So it was great. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, that was rare. What, uh, what do you think uh, about the deep dives? Because people 
were crammed in some of those rooms? It was packed. So we had basically three different rooms where we had deep dives. There were two sessions for audio, video, and lighting, and then four sessions for leadership. So for the first time, we had um, really good, deep conversations about some aspects of leadership. And the leadership room was in the loading dock that they, they call it the loading dock at Passion. And it's where the students have their um, weekly events. So I don't know, we had what, 200, 250 chairs set up in there. And it was overflowing for each one of those deep dives. People were craving the leadership content. So it was awesome. Yeah, Wes and Jenny and Morgan and Jason and uh, Spencer and I were the sort of the hosts of those four conversations. And it was just great. I, th I thought people were digging in and the response was amazing. And then lighting, video and audio had their own and they were great as well. So there's not a better duo than Tony Franson and Davis Cordegay. Oh, it was such a surprise to me. I mean, Davis is a great communicator. He, he really is. But him and Tony together understand each other. It's a little yin, uh, yin yang, Cheech and Chong kind of vibe. Like a little bit very, like the odd couple, yeah. Yeah, but I loved it. Like I walked in and those two were talking. I was like, this is the oddest. But they, I think it's that they understand each other very, very well. And they yeah. both want the same thing. Different approaches. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was, I thought it was really, really um, great to listen to them. And people, I heard people talking about that was good. Rusty and Jeremy, again, another duo. Shout out to Jeremy at Ross. Uh, shout out for not wearing a hat the entire event. <laughs> he's come a long way. I think he's growing. He really has. Uh, if I just make fun of you enough, at some point it'll sink in. You know. I think that's true. Yeah. And then Stephen Bailey on the audio side came in and mixed for the first day and did one of the breakouts, and it was great. So thank you, Stephen, for, for stepping up and crushing it. It was great. Uh, Jeremy Lecomte, who came in last minute, helped us PM a room because we had some people call out sick, was amazing. Mike Smith and Payne McDonald. But uh, uh, Mike Smith and Payne McDonald were lifesavers because they know yeah. the building. Uh, let me just brag about Stephen for a second. Um, I've always said that Stephen's got a pastoral heart, uh, but Payne is, uh, is a former audio guy from Passion and was an audio resident. And so Stephen and I had spent a lot of time with him over the years. And Stephen had seen him in a minute, and I don't think I told him that Payne was coming back to help us. And Stephen's in the middle of getting a million things done and getting his world set up. And all of a sudden, he sees Payne, and I watched him stop everything he was doing. Mm. Like literally just stopped everything he was doing to sit with Payne for a second. And it, for those of you who know Stephen, when he's got a million things going on, I mean, he's pulling his hair out. Like, he's just just going for it. And he just stopped because, like, there was so much care for pain. He wanted to know exactly what was going on with pain. So I love that. Great reminder that uh, Wednesdays, Sundays, whenever we're in the building, there's someone you haven't seen in a minute, that it's okay to stop what you're doing. Not neglect your responsibilities, but stop what you're doing to, you know, spend two seconds Face to face, hundred uh, percent. It was so good, and that's great. I I adore pain also, and, and so it was just great to have him. So all the people that pitched in, I could go down the list. Yeah, uh, I think we did. We just so went great. down the list. 
Yeah, we did. Um, which my is good. Fa- my favorite, favorite, favorite part um, was the postcards. We we kind of jokingly uh, were coming up with some ideas, and then we came up with. I love sending postcards. Anyone that knows me, I think I've sent one to your house, Jeff. It wasn't for you. you. Did no, it was for um, Stella. Um, but I love sending postcards in my travels because I just think it's a nice way. And so, you guys filled out hundreds of postcards to send to yourself or to people, uh, something you needed to hear, something someone else needed to hear, just a quick hello. So hopefully when you guys are listening to this, everyone has started receiving their postcards. But, you know, the USPS, not the most dependable. Well, that's true. You might have to wait weeks to get your postcard, but hopefully there's one on the way. We're going for the feds today, aren't we? The FDA, the USPS. (laughs) Let's stay away from the IRS, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, Don't tell the IRS we're talking right now. But it was a great reminder. Somebody said to me in the hallway, they're like, hey, I know you've been barking about the uh, postcards a lot from stage, but what a simple thing that hopefully will have a really big impact. So why are you listening to this? Send them a note, get some letterhead made, get some postcards made, go buy generic ones, send it to someone, send it to your team, send it to your boss. Uh, I don't have a boss, so, so I can't send one up. Um, There's nothing like getting a handwritten note. I'm, everybody loves getting mail that's not junk mail, so do it. Send a thank you note, send an appreciation, send uh, a, a note of gratitude, or just a, hey, how you doing? Here's what I'm up to. I think people love getting that kind of thing and hearing from you. I think you and I would both agree on my next statement. The real MVP of all things MXU Live was Jessica. Oh, 100%. I don't know how she was able to wrangle all of us into uh into submission i don't i don't know how else to say it yeah she so jessica it. jessica is kind of our uh operations person around here at mxu and she you know n- not just did a great job wrangling everybody but in the midst of a, a foot injury she was she was basically in a boot wheeling herself around on this scooter that was um not a convenient mode of transportation and she just crushed it. So all the logistics, all the details, keeping all the partners in line and getting them what they needed. Keeping me in line. Well, that's, I don't know if anybody's able to do that, but yeah. And then Uh, we had, we had Eric and Marcus and Caleb and Austin, Josh. Yep. I just love Josh. Yeah. I I think Josh and I would actually be friends in real life. Yeah, I think so. Our team. This is a this isn't real life. This isn't no, real life. This is but, just a podcast. But yeah, yeah, yeah but, but Josh and I, I, I really just, I think we enjoy very similar things. So, and I met Eric. That was awesome. He's into watches, which I'm into watches. Yep, our team is the best. So yeah, we're just grateful. So really, this whole first thirty minutes of the podcast is just us expressing our gratitude for everybody for what they did for the event. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we hinted at next year that we're going to try to get a little closer to people in all the corners yeah. of our great country. So stay tuned for details on our event plan for 2024 because we've got some new, special, fun, exciting things coming. So we'll keep you posted on that. But we do have an interview to get to today. So um, let's do that right after this. Well, I'm excited today to be talking with Robbie Kurtz from 4Wall. So for those of you who have been to MXU HQ, you may have seen all of our truss and curtain system and basically the, the infrastructure of our space at 
MXUHQ. And that really is due in large part, I would say 100% part, <laughs> due to Fourwall and their support of us as we've tried to outfit our space to accommodate things like workshops and other training events and all of the filming of our content. So we are so grateful for Fourwall's partnership with MXU and for Robbie's friendship particularly, but also for just their commitment to church teams and helping not just big tours, but you know people who are in the industry generally and churches specifically in getting the tools that they need to accomplish their technology needs. So Robbie, thanks for being here today. Um, it's exciting to talk to you and we haven't caught up in a while, so I'm, I'm looking forward to just catching up. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, I, what I'll say is, you know, thank you for inviting us to be a part of the MXU partners. And, you know, it's been great being a part of that and being able to help you all with the HQ as well. And, and being a part of some of those events, so it's been a lot of fun. For people who don't know about Four Wall or haven't worked with Four Wall before, why don't you give a little bit of background, both about yourself in the industry and how you got started, but then also just kind of tell us more about Four Wall in general. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. I um. So I I, I was actually doing the math uh, recently. This is my uh, this is my twenty fourth year in the industry. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't intend to, to be in this profession. Um, I, I still, I still, uh, you know, every day there's, there's, I, I'm just amazed that I support my family doing <laughs> this and that, you know, that I get to do what I love and it's just a lot of fun, you know, um, we get to hang out with our friends and, and work together, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, so I got into this, uh, I, I'd started helping out at church actually, um, I, I was a leader in our in our youth group in Fresno, California. So there was a church there called People's Church, and they just built this new uh, youth center. and um, And so, you know, I volunteered to do audio because I would help lead in the band and stuff like that. And they needed some audio guys, but then everybody was volunteering for audio, and I never really got any <laughs> training on it, you know, because everybody wanted to be the audio guy, and I um. You know, we were we were going to be doing a special event, and there was a bunch of just par sixty fours with gel uh, in the room, and half of them were burned out. The gels were falling out, you know, and I, and I, I volunteered to get up there and kind of start helping get that organized and adjusted because we had some gel laying around, and um, and so just started messing with this etc console, um, and I just really enjoyed it. I, I it was fun getting to be creative, but also I liked the the work side of it, kind of the the heavy lifting and having to bolt things together and hang mm-hmm. this and, and working with my hands as well. And so, um, so then I, you know, I, I, we were, we were just chatting just before this, but you know, I, I didn't go to college. I, I tried twice and <laughs> it dropped out. I did. It was, and they called it, they called it Herndon high because it was like, it was literally my high school and everybody went into like fifth year, senior year, you know, is what it yeah. felt like. Yeah. And I just had a hard time being engaged and um, I was just done with school. I wanted to work. And so I was doing the steel fabrication thing where we were, where I was like bending rebar and stuff like that for freeways. And um, that was the year of the El Nino um, uh, that Chris, Chris Farley spoke about on Saturday Night Live. And uh, it was Spanish a, for it, the Nino. The, the, the Nino. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. And so, 
all the freeway projects stopped and um and I got laid off and I was and I was actually engaged to be married to my wife um and and then I didn't have a job and I was like wow this is not awesome so um I was going to church there was this guy that uh we were hanging out afterwards at the college group and there was this guy that worked at this company called Live Light in Fresno and I recognized him cuz he used to do all the really big christmas events okay and um they, he, I overheard him saying they were hiring. And so I asked him, Hey, you know, I heard you're hiring. And he said, yeah, it's just manual labor right now. We're moving from one warehouse to another. Um, then I asked him, well, you know, if you guys like me, is it possible I could stay on? And so he said, yeah, of course. And so, you know, went in the interview, got the job and, and then six months later I was on tour with Natalie Cole as her LD. Wow. And I got thrown in, in that pretty fast. Yeah, definitely. It was a trial by fire. But, uh, That's amazing. So, you know, there's a couple of couple of things here. First of all, you know, audio guy turned lighting guy. I mean, that's that's kind of a rare breed. But we'll we'll leave leave that to the side for now. Um, I think you know, there's a huge lesson here for for young guys who want to get in the industry. I think because I've seen this time and time again, and I think it still holds true. It's like if you're willing to work hard jump in and just be a be a learner but be a doer like it, it, there's so much opportunity i think mm-hmm. for for people who run production companies for people who are tour managers and production managers of tours it's like i've heard time and time again i would take somebody who is a hard worker who doesn't know much over somebody who knows a lot or thinks they know a lot which is even worse and doesn't really want to dig in and work hard and get their hands dirty. It's like, man, just, just work ethic makes so much of an impact in our industry. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, I think work ethic, it's, it's gotta be, I don't know. I would say it's gotta be like 70%, you know, maybe 80% because someone's gotta be willing to, they have to have been taught that like hard work is good and, um, cause really, I mean, it was so satisfying being exhausted at the end of the day after getting this huge rig in the air. And then you just stand back and you're like, wow, like that was, that was hard work, but look at this show, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, you, and every night it was one of those like, man, we did this, you know? And I think yeah. that that was the, it was the, it was the, the carrot at the end of the stick to, you know, finally seeing it come together. Yeah, totally. I guess the only downside is now we have to tear it all down and do it again tomorrow. So <laughs> that's right. That's you don't right. have a sense of permanence necessarily, but the sense of a job that's well right. done is huge. And, you know, the sense of, gosh, without what we did, you know, this artist wouldn't be able to pull off what they want to bring to an audience. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. Like people, you know, I think people who are kind of intoxicated by the industry and love being on the road, that's a big part of it. It's like, man, I was behind the scenes and nobody really knows my name, but none of this would have happened without me. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think, um, and you, you think about this small group of people that are running around together and a lot, so many of the folks that are sitting in the audience don't even have any idea what we do or that that right. was even a job, you know? Right. Um, all they know is what they see at the end and, and they're like, wow, that was cool. You know, like, how did they do that? It's like, well, a lot, and a lot of times they just never know. And then we go back, you know, on the bunk and the bus and we do it again. So, yeah. um, it is, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a cool industry. And I think, 
um, with technology and everything that we're doing now, all the new, the new technology, it's, it's, you know, just trying to keep up with that has been a thing. But, um, you know, as, as it's, we were talking about it recently, I was, I remember using previs, you know, pre-visualization with WYSIWYG early on. I think it was yeah. like perform five or something. And they had this little like WYSIWYG box that you had the USB your computer and you had four DMX universes that you could previs, you know? And now like we just got done doing a show that had like 150, you know, like it's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, like yeah, the, the it's amount crazy. of, it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Like how far it's gone, but um, and then you look at things yeah. like this, the sphere in Las Vegas and you're going, okay, what's like just a little bit that I've seen about that. And you're going, okay, this is going to be amazing. I can't, Im- I can't yeah. imagine what's next. It's like, you know, this exponential kind of growth curve of technology just enables what we 20 years ago couldn't have even thought of. And now it's like right. faster, you know, better more more immersive more impressive more 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 it's like man this is it's going to be fun to be a part of for the next generation so how did yeah. you get from uh natalie cole to four wall and what you're doing now so um it was a bit of a journey but i i um so first year of marriage i was gone like six or seven months that year wow. uh and it was pretty it was tough yeah because you know it was it was 1999 and 2000 and so um, you know, cell phones were, we had them, you know, back then, but they were really expensive. And when I would travel internationally, that was, it was like a dollar a minute. It was yeah. like, you just don't have them, you know? I remember, so I remember back in those days, card. we were married in 98 and, um, we, when we got our first self, I mean, for me, it was my first cell phone. Like when we, when we were dating and got married, it was like 98 ish. And I remember like, okay, this is mostly for emergencies. Like we couldn't mm-hmm. afford any sort of unlimited anything. It was just like, you know, Sprint, yeah. Sprint. I think at the time was the cheapest. And so that's who we went with. And it was, you know, just call me when you need to because I don't want to run out of minutes. It's just, it's just funny right. thinking back to that. Oh, and there wasn't even texting then. Right. Because I remember like, I remember because well, we were still texting with pagers. Like people would carry both because you could do the pager text then. Absolutely. You know? And, um, and it's funny because I remember when I got to Europe, all these people had these like really sick Nokia phones that we didn't have in the States and they're texting over there. And I was like, well, you can like make your own ringtone, you know, like that's cool. <laughs> you know. Um, and, uh, and I remember that, but that Europe run, it was like seven weeks and it was tough just being gone that long and having a hard time trying to connect with my wife because yeah. it was like anytime I could find a pay phone and I had a calling card, I'd try and jump in and make a phone call you know and and so after that i I came off the road with with natalie cole so that was about a year um and and it was rough i mean listen like it it wasn't easy in the beginning i thought for sure i was going to be fired after the second show and uh (laughs) oh man it went it was it so what happened was there was this guy that worked at that company that live light but he um i was taking over for him and they're like, Hey, just use Craig's show. You know, this was back three and a half inch floppy disk days on yep. a hog too. Uh, yeah. And he said, uh, you know, just use his show and we're going to get you through these two shows. And then we're going into program for 25th anniversary tour. We've got a programmer and we've got a designer and, um, 
And, and so you, you just have to sit back, watch, kind of absorb, and then you're going to run the show then they'll, they'll work with you on that. And I was like, okay. Cause what happened was the company I was working for knew I was green, but they didn't want to send any of their really good guys. I, I gathered that they didn't want to send any of their good guys because they didn't want to lose them because the money was better than what live light was paying. So, so they sent me cause I had like a, I think more, it was like more about like demeanor and personality and they were trying to hold on to this rental. And so um, so that's why I was, you know, thrown in it. And, uh, cause I literally walked in the, the, the warehouse one day, they wouldn't even let me use a hog for the longest time, which was great. Honestly, the way they trained me was, it was like, Hey, what, you know, what terminology I was, I was, you know, soldering cables. We were fixing scrollers. It was all that kind of stuff. We had bare lights back then. And, um, and teaching me how to fix the stuff, but like, no, you don't get to be on the console yet. You're not ready. And so then I walked in one day, everybody was all out of this big show. Um, and the owner says, Hey, you think you can learn a whole hog in two weeks? <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe. Sure. Like, He's like, does it matter? <laughs> you know, like, so that's what he said. He said, well, you could be at Natalie Cole's new LD. And so I just, I took, I literally took a console home on my kitchen table and one light. And then I just like flipped through the manual and like, just, you know, practice, figure you know? out how to make this thing work. That's amazing. That. That's right. Well, and for people um, who are listening who are young, you have to understand that at that time, like Natalie Cole was a big deal. Like if you've not heard her music or don't know anything about her, you know, her father was Nat King Cole. And earlier than 98, 99, you know, they had done this album that kind of gave her a complete resurgence in her career because they took mm-hmm. original masters from Nat King Cole's records and basically got her to sing duets with him. It was called Unforgettable. And it was like, it, it blew up for her and gave her a whole whole new career, really. So you were, mm-hmm. this was a, a big artist. I mean, at the time, that would have been a big deal. So yeah, you were in the hot seat for sure. Man, it was so much fun to like, I missed those days because she had a full orchestra. Yeah. You know, and so it, you, I always had to dress up like we always had to wear suits to the show, you know, it was a really classy event. And I mean, I remember one time walking backstage, I can't remember where, what city we were in, might've been Atlantic city or something. And like Tony Bennett was warming up in the hallway. You know what I mean? That's amazing. And it was just unreal. You know, like we were in France and like, I go down into the green room, I was going down and like BB King is sitting on the seat as I'm like heading down and he's hanging out with like Diana crawl, you know? And it was just, it was just the, the the names in jazz and like in that world. I was like, this is just, it's pretty incredible that I, I don't think I fully appreciated it back yeah. then, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, all that to say, I, I got thrown in it pretty hard. The first couple shows, I, I mean, it was so bad because what happened is the, the guy, he erased all the, all the labels from all the cue lists. And oh cues. no. Yeah, on purpose because he's like, I'm not letting you use my show. That's what I find out after uh, you know, when I thought for sure I was getting fired. So, so even I, though you even though you quote had his show file, it didn't matter right. because everything was was botched. That's right, and I'm I, and what I realized. So I was so new. I you know I've got 70 moving lights and I'm trying to update focus positions. And I this is my first time even having more than like 10 lights. You know, and so. I'm, uh, we got loaded in late that happened. And so then I'm, and then I'm updating positions late and then it's doors 
And I realized, wow, I haven't walked through any of these queues. So I start getting in there and I realize there's no names. Uh, and I'm like, oh, shoot, you know? So I'm literally calling up queue stacks and hoping like, oh, please be blue and cold, you know? And it's like, <laughs> boom, orange, you know? And a slow song and stuff. Oh, man, it was rough. And the P- the, pro- the production manager was literally cussing me in my ear up at front of the house. And I I thought for sure I was I was done, you know? But we got through those two shows and... um. And then, and then, you know, the, the programmer came in and, and it, and it went great. And I got to help program more songs throughout that tour as I kind of got more savvy on the desk and stuff. And so, um, but anyway, so from that, I got off the road and went into trade shows for a little bit because at the time my wife was still in college. And so it was like, well, you know, two weeks at one place, she can come with me. It was a lot harder for her to, you know, fly around if we were going all these places. And so I did trade show work. You know, when that tech market was really up in yeah. right before 9-11. And then when 9-11 hit, you know, it all kind of a lot of that fell apart. And um, then we moved to Texas. I went to work at Daystar Television Network, which is like the other TBN, um, that Christian television network. And so I was a lighting guy there, ran camera, learned a video edit, um, learned how, uh, you know, kind of gaffing and all that kind of stuff. And then went on from there to New Life Church in Colorado Springs, and I was there for um, for about four years. Um, and then I was still freelancing, started traveling with Jesus Culture, and I was doing so like I, I helped um, Carrie Joe with her Majestic recording. Mm-hmm. We you know got to work with Bethel on some of their recordings up there, and um, and so then then we moved. Then then I I was kind of full time with, with Jesus Culture for three years, and then. Um, moved to California, um, but was trying to get off the road. And our, as our kids were getting older, it was really evident that I needed to be home. And so um, at least try to be home more, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so I went to work for, uh, for DPS, which was at the time the company that we were renting from um, and, and went, moved down to Southern California and then became kind of an account manager. And I was running the house of worship side of things. And so um then that went from from them they folded to we went to ver and was acquired by ver <laughs> and ver was going to become prg and right before that happened i left and went to four wall and so um so it's kind of been like account executive managing people to now where i'm just a national um, business development i'm a national sales guy um, i'm not managing any individuals specifically and um just really honestly i get to help uh, a lot of my friends that were in the business, we were on tour before together or whatever, and now they're renting from us or mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, that, that, that really has become, and just kind of making connections, you know, um, with, with, with folks around the nation. So that's been a lot of fun. That's very cool. So four wall provides, you know, production support for tours and other events, conferences, trade shows, you know, business meetings, whatever. I mean, is it, mostly a rental house do you do install as well like talk to people about just a little bit about yeah. the business of four wall yeah you know uh four wall uh is 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 really diverse we have um it started out as just a, a rental company and it was just uh all they did was dry rent uh, equipment mm-hmm. lighting equipment specifically it used to be called four wall lighting and then um and then when they purchased a when they acquired a video company, it was like, well, we got to change it. So then it was production for a while. Yeah. For a while entertainment. Right. 
So now it's not just lighting, it's, it's video as well. And so, um, and so they started out as rentals only now, um, really we've grown a lot on, on the production side in the last probably seven years and, uh, doing probably, I would say it's, it's gotta be roughly 50%, like 50% dry hire and about 50% full service. And it feels like we, we keep moving more and more to full service. Mm-hmm. Um, doing, you know, tours and, and that sort of thing, providing labor and, and all of that. Um, but we also do, we, we have a systems and design team and they also do integration. Um, so they do things on a very high level though. So, uh, we do have a handful of guys that we kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll do some kind of, we call it like black ops projects, but kind of some of the smaller ones where, um, say a church, you know, $500,000 to spend when they're trying to get something done and, and we're trying to help kind of facilitate that. But mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that the systems team is working on is like the new universal parks or they did star Wars land in both locations and they're working in Dubai and, you know, the Raiders stadium and SoFi stadium and things like that. So it could be anything from infrastructure to lighting um video walls hanging at like in an airport or whatever and so so they really do kind of a a pretty broad um amount of work and then and then the other leg that we have and this is we i kind of talked about it because it was it was during the pandemic you know we have kind of three legs that we stand on one is production and rentals uh two would be systems and design and three would be would be uh use lighting.com and so with uselighting.com, we um, that's actually where we are able to sell all of the equipment that we own. So we try to turn the gear about every three years or so, mm-hmm. so that um, a lot of times when you when people buy gear on uselighting.com from Four Wall, it's still under warranty. Um, but we we do that so that we can keep the gear fresh and and make sure that we keep our gear in, in warranty and working in, in the in top top shape. And so um, so yeah, that's really kind of the that's that I would say that's kind of that's what four wall does and I work I would say mostly on I don't really do a lot of systems work there's a little bit of like I, I'll dabble in some things where I have some relationships but I'll bring people in to do that because I'm not really a systems guy you know yeah when you're talking about looking at blueprints and like where all the electro has to go and all that like I understand building a show but when you're talking about install some of those rules I don't so I kind of leave that to the professionals on that um but I would say mostly what I'm doing is production and um, and then and rentals, you know. But it's been leaning really heavy more into like full production. So that's very cool. So, you know, the application I guess for a church, you know, as you guys approach house of worship clients and partners, you know, obviously there's rentals for a big conference or a big event. There's obviously used lighting could be a really great resource for churches. What else? Like, how do you, because I know your church background is super strong, you know, being involved in a lot of, a lot of church projects. Like what, what would you say is the biggest resource that four wall can provide to a church? So, um, because we have brick and mortar locations all around the United States where we have multiple offices in the United States. And now we also have a couple over in the UK, but, um, we have the, I think, I think the benefit that someone like a church could, would have of say purchasing on uselighting.com is then if they need gear maintained, we can also help with that. Mm-hmm. And we, we do a repair and fix lights. So they have a place to send them if there's things that need to be worked on. Um, also, you know, if they're buying from us, 
there a lot, typically that gear that we carry that we sell on uselighting.com we have it for a reason because we know we're using it well on the rental side of it too right so so if they have something go down and like man i really need another one do you have one i can use for this weekend it's like yeah you know what we've got it we can we can support them that way um and then so whether it's new sales if they're just trying to buy new equipment um you know we have a lot of buying power because we're a large organization yeah so um, the pricing is, it would, it's, it's as good or better than what you could get, you know, in most places. But then we also have buildings that we can support you with and a large staff nationwide. You know, um, one thing I'll say about four wall is that if anyone's ever dealing with us, you can call anybody because no one is commissioned. Um, you know, we all win if the company wins. And that's why, like, I feel comfortable sending someone over to LA or over to our New York office or whatever, like. And and hand, and making sure I, I make connections if there's things where it's like, hey, this guy really needs a hand. Can you can you call them? They're in your city. They're trying to work on a whatever, you know. Um, and so that's been really great too. Just knowing that I can, you know, as an that we we have a large uh, group of really highly trained folks and um, the resources we can use to to help people. So that's awesome. That brings a lot of peace of mind, I think, to a customer who, like you say, you know, they've got a last minute deal where something goes down. It's like, not only do they get the support, but they get expertise from somebody who may be more local than, you know, uh, a national only firm that has one office or whatever. So that's, that's very cool. So, um, you know, because you guys are trying to stay current on gear and trying to sort of stay at the forefront of technology, what are, what are some things that you're seeing now that are exciting? Like whether it's a particular fixture or, a particular process or, you know, things that you've seen on tours that are like, man, that's, that's very cool. We need to implement that, you know, in sort of down market events or, you know, even a church setting, like, are there, is there anything that you're Mm -hmm. seeing that's, that's like, okay, that, that's a really good thing that's come along. Well, I, what what I'll say for sure, one, I think that has really made a big impact recently is the, the robo spot by Roby, um, that being able to use a follow spot remotely on the ground somewhere with a controller that has a camera and you, and you're able to, um, follow someone, but then the, the lighting console still has control of color and strobe or, you know, intensity, and they can actually make sure it's in time, but the people are aiming it to wherever the people are. I mean, that has been a huge win. Um, and it was really, I mean, it's still not terribly inexpensive. It, it, it's gotten a lot, it, it's gotten more common because more people own them now, you know, early on, it was really hard to get them. And it was like, man, like if you want one of those, forget it. And if you're trying to buy another one, like they're, they're back ordered for another year or whatever. Yeah. So, um, that's gotten a lot better. And that, that product is pretty cool in that, you know, you can use really like, if you have the camera, you can use any Roby product as a follow spot. Um, and it'll attach to any with their camera, you can use any of them. And, and so there's a lot of, flexibility a lot of i think there's a lot of things you can do especially from a church that would do a lot of theatrical stuff it it ends up being pretty cool um you know because when we were at new life we had which i know you've been there because you were there with tomlin and others i think yeah you know they it's at it's at hexagon and they've got like these catwalks all the way around and we would literally we had spot chairs and people would climb up there and jump into the spot chair and we would use them like that for sunday services and everything else yeah and knowing now that you can actually just you don't have to have somebody hanging above people's heads and we can just hang a light and, you know, it's pretty awesome. That's very um, cool. 
that, you know, and there was a show we just did recently, one of our techs, um, really savvy guy, he came up with, uh, we had eight follow spots on this gig, actually with Tony Franzen, um, which a lot of the folks here know. Yeah. He was the designer on this one um, in Atlanta. And um, we had eight of those robo spots. And uh, the, the front of house, it was this, it was this big, it was in a convention center. So it was really long. They had the whole convention center and it was a corporate gig. So it was like a fancy dinner, but there were, there was no way from front of house for him to see what was happening out there. So he's either having to trust cameras from, from the video team uh, um, or what we, what we ended up doing is we, we were able to build a multi-view and pull every IP camera off the robo spots and put it on one screen and they put it on the TV up there so they could see what the robo spots were. Wow. That's cool. Which is cool. So they could see if people were walking on or walking off and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that was pretty neat. Um, you know, uh, the MA3 has finally started to kind of, it's taken in a minute. Listen, MA is a great console, but it's taken them a minute on that product to really finally like land the plane, yeah. you know, with, with software and everything else. And it's finally coming around. So um, that's, that's been exciting too, being able to see that like, you know, cause we, we have all these MA3 parts, but we can only use them in MA2 mode and they're not as powerful and so on. But um, one other thing I'll say uh, that I think, and, and and for churches, depending on like what they're doing, like it depends on the kind of church. Being able to do previs, like previsualization, and, and and program your show on a computer before you actually have the equipment, mm-hmm. you know, it'll help you save money and time, and you can kind of tighten things up before you get there. Um, and uh, there's a new software called Depends that we're using. It's pretty pretty, pretty regularly now, and it's just it's photorealistic. You know, it, it's amazing how far things have come and it's incredible just what you get even and how well it does the recreation of like a beam in the air with smoke and all the rest. And so, um, all that, you know, that's really come a long way since I, you know, since we got in this industry, um, that, that it does take some practice to learn how to use that. I think to how to utilize it. I feel like the issue I always had as a, as a, when I programmed in previs was this looks awesome on screen. And I'm feeling it, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get out there and you're like, whoa, what happened to the energy that I was feeling in that room on that TV, you know, and then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the like, room oh, is a thousand times bigger than where you were, where you were doing your previs. That's right. That's right. That's cool. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, there's a, one thing I'll say, uh, you know, when I was at VER, um, there was a lot of different art acts. So before the pandemic there was a lot of different acts that it was like, Hey, I have to have this piece of equipment. And if you, if we award you the tour, you got to go buy it and it's brand new. Nobody has, it, you know? And so there was a lot of that happening early on. Um, there's been a lot less of that recently. And um, I feel like there's so much gear out there and so many products that are really good anymore that folks are willing to be flexible as long as they can try to keep the design intact. They don't have to have that one, you know, X four, seven, three, nine forty, you know, because it'll be just fine with this other product. And yeah. so, um, I feel like there's been a lot more flexibility recently. And, uh, I know that's probably going to shift a little bit as we get further and further away from the pandemic. Um, you know, there's always going to be the Taylor Swift's and some of these really large ones that have sure. just unlimited budget, you know, but um, but for most, I think that that's what I've been seeing a lot more of, which has been, I don't know, it's just been good because so often it felt like we were 
we had our arm twisted behind our back because it's like, well, if you want this gig, then you have to buy this product and it's going to cost you $1.2 million, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's um, great. Well, that and I think thing. looking sort of down market, I think, to maybe even a smaller church, like somebody with that kind of experience who knows the difference between every one of those fixtures and products and can know their similarities and differences enough to be able to recommend, hey, here's a here's a cheaper option that can maybe get you 90% of the way there. You don't have to necessarily go to the, you know, bigger, 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 better, faster product every time. Like just, just to have somebody with your level of experience and your engineer's level of sort of design experience based on what they've seen and what they know about these products. I mean, just having the consultation side is such a reassuring factor to a potential church who might want to do something special for Christmas and they need help. You know, it's like just knowing that, Mm -hmm. Hey, we can get you way down the road with these, maybe what would be considered a compromise 10 years ago. It's now not really a compromise at all. It's like you can get the same result and be really effective and impactful and not have to spend all of your budget on this one thing. That's right. And, uh, I will say that I think that's probably my favorite part of this job is uh, because I'm just a, such a gearhead in a lot of ways. I love the specs and the details, you mm-hmm. know, um, I, you know, joke with my wife, like some of the first books that I could actually get through were owner's manuals, you know, um, <laughs> I just, you know, I get a new stereo. I got to read it cover to cover because I got to make sure I know how to use every piece of that, you know, um, but uh I think that I've really enjoyed that part because there are, you know, I mean, there's a lot of folks that are put into these positions in churches that um, they know enough to be dangerous and they're, they're trying to get it done and they have the, the right heart and the right attitude and they're trying to make something happen. And when, you know, they, they know what people have told them or they know what they've seen and they'll ask for that. And it's like, well, Hey, what are you trying to achieve? You mm-hmm. know? And, and just kind of coaching them through that. It's like, well, like, listen, this is, this is going to be a really good product for that. And I, I can actually get you more of those and you can go even bigger because it, it's good. Bless, it's more cost effective. You yeah. know? Um, and, and that's been a lot of fun. I, I, I've really enjoyed that part. You know, there's the big mega churches that they, they know what they want. They're going to ask for it and that sort of thing. But there's a lot of these that are just medium sized below that, that, that really are, they're doing like a big youth event or they're doing a big Christmas thing or whatever. And so, um, it's a lot of fun helping, helping those folks. That's awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. I love hearing about your history and just how our paths have kind of intersected over the years, but then, you know, just the experience with four wall and your guys commitment to really, you know, being such a helpful resource. So, you know, by the time this episode is out, people are, believe it or not, going to be thinking about Christmas. So as they get, uh, bright ideas or they have a design, desire or somebody wants to go big this year like what's the best way to connect with you guys and you personally as a resource so that we can you know give help where help is needed well you know um i i can even if you you know if you wanted to i don't know if it's possible for you to share your information my information on the bottom of this uh, podcast but um you know my email address is rkurtz at fourwall.com you guys are welcome to email me directly if you had any questions um also give i mean and and my my phone number will be in there too i I, it's my cell i don't i don't have a desk phone because i'm not at my desk often but my cell is 615-524-1577 and um i uh 
I would love to just, if someone's got questions or they're trying to figure something out or whatever, I would love to be able to kind of chat through that and see how we can help. You know, we, um, as four wall, what I didn't, I don't, didn't quite go all the way into this, but we do lighting, we do rigging, we do, um, video. So, you know, anything for projection cameras, led led walls that's that's been a really big piece of the business now i feel like anytime like lighting and led go so hand in hand um with media servers kind of anything and everything that would that would be encompassed in that and you know from an audio perspective we have we we have a handful of things we don't we're not an audio company um there's been some needs you know where specific shows had to have some things and so we have a handful of pa and some wireless and stuff but i don't it i don't I, I don't dabble much in that just because, you know, there's other companies that do it really well, yeah. but we, the, uh, the focus is yeah. definitely visual, but anything visual, right. you've got it covered. That's right. That's great. Well, we'll That's put right. that, we'll put those details in the show notes, uh, for people. And, you know, it's great. You know, Bob Goff gives his phone number at the end of his book. We've got your cell number at the end of this podcast. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. sorry, your, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook, Robbie. It's going to be amazing. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Well, that was great. I love hearing Robbie's story and just his heart for the church and their commitment to serving people well, whether it's through rentals or events or whatever. He's, They're just he's so kind. Yeah, so kind. Do you know we toured a little together? Really? When? In the Jesus culture days. Oh nice. Yeah. I really, really appreciate Robbie. Yeah. He's Good. consistent. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure. It's always a it blast. It really is. Yeah. Um, tell me, before we get off, your favorite thing you ate in Italy. Oh, man. It's it's so different because the, the food regionally is so different from place to place. But I would say gelato everywhere. Everywhere. Steak in Florence. The Florentine steak. Is that Florentine, what you got? Florentine steak. Oh. So good. So good. Pizza in Naples. Um, probably the best pasta I had, I think, was probably in Rome. Roma. And so Negronis everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, literally, just everywhere. Yeah. I think you sent me a, one photo a day. It was wonderful. It, it was. It actually it was, brought me so much joy to see you and Liz. Uh, because at the event at MXU, all she did was talk about how excited she was. And yeah. she kept asking me questions since I'm basically Italian at this point. So, um, well, I love that. If you guys could take one takeaway from today's podcast is go, go buy some postcards and send them to people. Absolutely. Yeah. Check on your team. Send an encouraging note to people. Love your team. And uh, we'll keep you posted on what's next. Thanks, Jay. Love you, bro. Talk to you soon. See you.